Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Cree Annotators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, where I talk to some of my favorite creators about specific graphic novels and comics that they're working on today. Today I'm excited to welcome Johnny Christmas, the writer of the ongoing Tartarus series and artist of a number of very cool works like uh, Crema for Comixology Originals, Angel Catbird, a book he did with Margaret Atwood. We'll talk about all that. But first, we're going to dig into Tartarus, the ongoing sci-fi series from Image Comics. It's a very interesting bit of mythology and world building that's going on. Johnny, thanks so much for joining. Uh, first up, can you tell us what inspired uh, your work with Tartarus? Uh, what kind of brought you to the book? Uh, thanks so much for having me on, Dave. Um, uh, I would say, like most folks, Star Wars was a, a very... Uh, early initial influence that made me want to tell a giant space opera and with lots of, you know, fantastic worlds and interesting characters, you know, that archetypical uh, storytelling that they do in there was um, very influential. And then uh, things like Blade Runner and, and you know, sci-fi that has that kind of, kind of dirty lived in look uh, was also very influential. Um, but one of the kind of odd influences was I was reading this, um, or, or I think I was reading it, about this dude, John Law, who was a Scottish uh, fellow back in like the 1800s, 1700s. He ended up yep. in France anyway, and he uh, became like, like a finance minister in France, was responsible for uh, bringing paper money to France, or at least, you know, it was under his, uh, his stewardship. Um, then that there was revolution. He gets run out of town. He ends up back in Scotland. I think he, he dies of some disease with like gambling debt. It was like the, the, all of this had by the age of like 58 or something like, mm-hmm. so, uh, that people can have these incredibly varied lives with so many different parts to it, um, really sparked an interest in my mind. And I, and I thought, what if, uh, then came the idea of like this kid and what if her parent was a warlord? But what if this warlord had all these different ripples to them? Um, so one, so this parent is one person's warlord, but someone else's freedom fighter, say. Um, so from there, it just started, all the character stuff started just spooling out of there. And, and then uh, Tilda, our, our protagonist, and Circa, her, her mother, the warlord, and, and everything in between just started to you know, fill in the spaces of this world very fast and what it could be and what was necessary for the storytelling to really... Um, maximize like the impact, but at the same time, utilize all the cool stuff in sci-fi to get us there in a really entertaining way. Hmm. Interesting. Very cool. In, in the back matter of the first issue, you wrote that it's, you know, it's, it's a works that is uh, years in the making. Uh, when did you kind of get aligned with Jack T. Cole, the artist on the series and, and kind of how long have the both of you been collaborating on uh, fleshing out this world and all the detail that there is to it? I met Jack at the uh, at Bandcaf, uh, um, a Comic Con here uh, in Vancouver, where I live, back in 2015, and uh, and I saw his art uh, on the the website like maybe a couple days ahead. I just wanted to see who was coming, um, and I was blown away. So I go to his table. I found him, and I just and I was like, "Hey, look, can we have uh, lunch? I, I want to pitch you on an idea of collaborating on something." So we did. We went and we got these uh, really dry, horrible burritos, and then uh, <laughs> yep. and uh, and I just kind of uh, told him everything I had in mind for for the story and and where I wanted to go and 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 the scope of it and how I wanted to do something really big and really epic, and that I thought his his storytelling and his style 
could add quite a bit of personality and um, um, cool, cool gadgetry. And um, he has a way of like filling out things in this very cool way, but also he has like a lot of heart in his story and his yeah. storytelling. So I really thought that was, that was a linchpin because we want people to really feel for these characters because all the cool gadgets in the world isn't going to get anybody to, to, to like really feel the peril and danger our characters are in or the highs and lows. And we want our, we want our reader to go on that journey with us. And uh, Jack's art had it right there, right from the, uh, the top way back in 2015. I can't believe oh, wow. it's been that long. Yeah. Yeah. So this, yeah, it's definitely a, a while in the making. So y- you've also in comics, you know, you've, you've been the illustrator on books like uh, sheltered with that person writing and on firebug, you're doing both. You're writing and illustrating with uh, some great colors there by Tamara Bonville. And um, how'd you make the progression for Tartarus where you were like, I, I just want to write. And has that been uh, different or I guess, how has that been different for you as a creator? Do you still kind of have that, that itch or with Jack uh, Cole on art, are you kind of just like, I, I trust him to to just let him go. I mean, I'm sure there has to be some of that, but it's it's a different perspective, I think, bringing you know that you've you've made your own comics, you've drawn comics before, so there's there's a lot you bring to that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was something I always wanted to do when um, I I just started. I have a ton of ideas, and 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 when you start kind of looking at things and you start realizing how many of these ideas you can actually like implement yeah. uh, if you're writing and drawing both. Uh, you have to be very selective. So then the next question is, well, do I want to bring someone in and collaborate uh, with, with them and, and get more ideas out and also get their ideas in and flesh out um, your initial ideas in this whole new unexpected way. So it, it's like I say, it's the, the funnest game of telephone you'll ever play. So, I, you know, I, I lay out all this stuff for Jack and, and kind of where I want to go and things that I have in mind. And then he comes back with a whole different set of, um, you know, his, his life experience, his influences, his, um, his way of thinking about story, his way of, uh, sorry about that, uh, siren. My studio is on (laughs) a very, (laughs) very busy street where it feels like the city's on fire all the time. Um, so, uh, so it, it, it was, it is continuously rewarding. Um, every time I, I get new pages in, it's just, it's, it's so amazing to, to have that collaborative uh, space to play in. Uh, so, so yeah, so I'm very, very happy with it. And the itch is still there. I'm still, I'm still a working uh, cartoonist, uh, artist. I'm, I'm working on um, a book right now that'll be out in 2022 with Harper Alley, which I'm super excited about. So, I'm I'm able to do both, um, writing and drawing, writing uh, for others, and in, in collaboration on story, and um, having Jack's you know art fill out the story in, in a new unexpected way. And so yeah, so I, I think uh, for me it was I always wanted to kind of do both. I think. Yeah, no, it's cool. I I think I'm seeing that more and more too, where you know creators are just like. I have all these ideas, but yeah, like you said, the, the, just the reality of the time that is available in a day, <laughs> like, yeah. like you can't be the one to execute everything from A to Z uh-huh. if you actually want to get that story out of the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I guess one of the things about comics is the yeah. collaboration is a, a key component or it can be, um, you yeah. also, well, so it, well, one, one, one yeah. thing uh, that I want to double back to, sorry, sorry for interrupting Dave. I, uh, also with Tartarus, I always knew that that was not one for me to draw. 
if mm. that makes any sense. Like it, as the story was unfolding, I was just like, this is not, this is not my visual voice. Like this is, this is this is my story voice, but it's not my visual voice. I need to find someone who who has this voice. So that's why I was super lucky to find Jack because I wasn't exactly sure what it was either. I didn't I didn't say, oh, this person has to draw like, you know, this or that. I didn't see it. I just knew it needed to have a much more um, ornate look. I know it needed to look much more like intensely detailed, but also not like, um, you know, like boringly you know, you know, I, I didn't, it needed to have personality, you know? So, yeah. um, so oddly enough, there, there's some stories that I know I have to draw. And there's other ones that the more I go down this road that pop up into my head and I know I, I'm not the artist for it, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like that's that self-awareness around your style or just even your own preference about the things you'd like to like to actually be the one illustrating. Um, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think like on Firebug, you know, which is a book you write and illustrate, there's definitely sci-fi. There's mythological elements, I suppose, mm -hmm. to it, but it's not necessarily alien in quite the same ways that right. the Tartarus is doing. Um, so I can, I think I can see what you're saying there in terms of what, what Jack Cole can bring to the story. Um, another thing in Tartarus that's, that's really cool is there's it's like immense world building going on, right? So we're, I think uh, we're out, or up to issue seven at the time of this recording, maybe seven hasn't come out yet. Um, but it's, it's a huge world that you built. You start the series like deep in the past and, and literally deep in this prison. Um, and then you've kind of now expanded. Um, and again, like not spoiling anything, but like it covers a, a amount of time. It covers legacy. It covers some generation. How do you map out all the mythology and, and again, kind of that legacy to the science fiction you're creating? Do you create like a, a story Bible for yourself? Do you have like one of those, you know, like <laughs> investigator walls with like pictures everywhere and red tape? <laughs> How do you map that? I do have a corkboard with lots of um, nice. flashcards like tacked all over it. And, and like uh, right now there's, there's like uh, sticky notes that just say all sorts of like random stuff that I wrote mm -hmm. months, maybe years ago where I'm like, what is that? <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, there, there, there was quite a bit of mapping to, to make sure that I was putting everything in place so that when things jump off, the impact was um, was impactful, but also didn't feel like a cheat where it wasn't like, oh yeah, like he's doing this the SX machina kind of thing. He's just trying to get his way out of this this problem. Where where it's always surprising, but also when you look back on it, you're like, oh yeah, that person was set up in that position to probably do X, Y, and Z. So. Mm -hmm. It was quite a bit of um, of just you know my notebooks, so many notebooks, um, just scrolling down different things and then revisiting them and then and then as you go along, you start learning things that are true about your characters that you didn't realize. So now you got to go back and and plant different seeds and and cut whole characters and scenes and scenarios and situations. It took quite a bit of time. Um, luckily, by the time we uh, when we got the green light. Jack was working on the unsound. So that gave me a, a couple extra months to, to, um, to formulate things and firm them up and, and lay the groundwork before, um, he began on it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very good. What was the, there are these recurring elements throughout the work that you're, you're weaving in here of like prophecy of divination. 
and uh, what looks like tarot cards, you know, occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, what are your influences there? I was curious because I, I don't know how aware of this you are, but right now in X-Men, which is the thing I'm super fan of, um, there's like a big tarot theme going through yeah. the, the major <laughs> event they're doing. Um, and when I was rereading this, I was like, oh, yeah, like this is this is kind of a part of Tartarus, too. Um, what are your influences there? And like, how are you kind of looking to integrate those ideas into this book? If you can talk about that a little. Sure. Um when, when Jack and I got started, we just started throwing, um, I had the emotional and um, story spine that I wanted to tell. But then after that, it was just like, dude, what do you want to draw? What, do you, what are you turned on by? What, what interests you? And then we just started throwing everything in the grab bag, right? Just like, yeah. oh, it would be cool if he had this. And what if he, what if he had that? Like, uh, Jack came up with the idea of the liquid. I just knew it had to be a contraband. I knew it need, the war material needed to be something that was... Um, that was smuggled by this cartel, right? Mm. Um, but Jack was like, oh, it'd be cool if it'd be, it was this liquid material that they could make weapons out of, so cool. Uh, and one of the other things that he came up with was a tarot idea. He just, he was very, uh, and is very into tarot. And um, as am I, I'm, I'm very interested in it, but in a much more um, relaxed way, I'm not like super into tarot. I just, I love the themes of alchemy, et cetera, et cetera, and, yeah. Um, yeah. and secret societies and stuff. But he was really into tarot. So then I, uh, I went and started researching much more deeply so that I can find a way to put uh, a lot of alchemical themes within the spine of the, the story so that it would um, blend seamlessly. Uh, luckily, we, we were there. It was there from the start so that it's just woven in in a really nice way. And, and Jack wanted to further the, the tarot theme by on the back of every issue is like his own take on a tarot card um, oh a card that he uh he easter eggs within the issue like some people miss it but like yeah, random awesome. points in issue you'll see someone like kind of yeah it's really cool and and all the uh the tarot cards on the back fit thematically with the the theme of the issue so it's just like really uh beautiful melding together of of like theme and character with, you know, this greater, uh, these greater themes of alchemy and tarot. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's really fun and it imbues the book with this extra layer of meaning and, uh, makes us, uh, probably seem like geniuses to <laughs> other people like, wow, that's so well thought through. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it really, it really does help. And, and it does feedback on itself because then we start thinking about those themes and how that, how that and and that enhances our characters and their motivations and you know the spine of the story. I love that stuff because it's yeah it's it's thematically resonant, so you can kind of take away okay what does this mean for the story? Um, but it's also just like such a cool reflection of what you can do with comics, you know, in yeah. a way that that other mediums you can't you know necessarily pull off the same thing. Um, like the Easter egg being that is definitely not something I realized, and I love that. <laughs> That's so fun, yeah. even though I guess it's a small detail. It's also just like that makes the book. Uh, that much more interesting to me or that much more engaging because once you know that too obviously you can kind of start looking for that and right thinking about okay what is but like why does this matter you know why is this referenced here and, and what does that mean for the story uh very cool there's also similarly like there's this um kind of non-traditional comics design pages uh like you have the the jaxa stim plants at one point there's like a training magazine in there mm -hmm. uh, i was wondering what was your inspiration for including those types of pages in the work and like do you have more that are kind of on the cutting room floor where you're just like, I don't have space for these, but I've got all these other 
you know, like little like knickknacks from this world that I'd like to like to get in here. So many more. <laughs> oh, yeah. My goodness, <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, there's this, there's this thing where, um, and, and actors on uh, Star Trek Next Generation would say this in interviews where there was a point in time where they have to kind of look into the camera and, and speak technobabble to explain mm-hmm. what's going on and, and like how the technology works or little extra bits of, uh, of, you know, exposition. And like you said, one of the really cool things about comics are that, like we have all these interesting ways of putting exposition in an extra world building without slowing down the storytelling, uh, the emotional story that our characters are going through in that particular moment. Our characters are only interested in what's going on in that moment in their life. It's, it's usually a very intense moment in their life and they really don't have time to stop and explain to the reader how, how the food is made. You know what I mean? They, they <laughs> yeah, have right. to, they have to get through the, there's a jailbreak, you know, there's a, you know, space station escape they don't have time to explain but as the uh, storytellers in this medium we have all these really fun ways to explain cool things and one of the the things that me and uh ben our designer on uh, tartarus uh we get together and i would like you know i'd give them all this copy and i just like oh i wanted to i wanted to look like this i wanted to feel like this i want i want to explain to our reader you know that implant when when mojin utilizes the liquid and flame leaps out of his neck like what is that like what is going <laughs> yeah. on with that and is that just cool or is that a problem and as we learn from the jacks's uh implant page like it is a problem you're not supposed to be <laughs> manipulating it to the the point where uh, the flame is an off gas so you're probably doing serious brain damage which adds like this extra layer to um mojin's fits of anger and you know and Right, and right. It what, what he's doing. Where he's going. We, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In this in this way, without having a character stop and go, "Hey, Mojin, you're probably using that too much. Your brain's probably melting." Like we have a we have an ad for the illegal implant that he went off world and had implanted into his body. You know, so um, so I thought there is there's all sorts of um cool ways that we can do that with the story, and there's there's more that we plan to do, or in a really fun way that you could do with comics and books in general. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I really dig that stuff. Definitely. Uh, so this is, this borders on spoiler territory. So I'm, I'm going to say if people are listening and you haven't, haven't read this, um, you might want to skip ahead like a minute. Uh, there's, it wasn't until I, I read a line from uh, Mojin's talking to Tilde and he says, why would I serve on Olympus when I could rule Tartarus? And for some reason in my head, that just immediately clicked with, uh, Kirby's new gods mm-hmm. and kind of these thematic connections between like, Oh, these, you know, uh, siblings were raised on different, you know, sides of the world and right. they're the way they're raised that like totally shapes in many ways who they become and kind of their expectations of things. Is that, <laughs> is that a reference point that is intentional or in your head? Um, or is that one that I'm just bringing to it from my own, my own reading experience? Uh, I think me and Kirby were tapping the same thing with the mythology and, uh, with, uh, you know, like Greek mythology with, uh, there's so many things of, instances of duality where you have, you know, light in the dark and, and which he did like beautifully with new gods. And you know what, maybe there was like a little bit of um, me tapping the source, but also a little bit of Kirby Mm. stuck in there as well. I always thought of the, um, I think it's like Lucifer and Lucifer has that line about, you know, better to, you know, rule in hell than, you know, serve in heaven or, Mm. you know, 
kind of thing. And that's what I had in mind with, uh, with Tartarus. It's like, it's the death planet where all this stuff goes on. That's just not good. There's a cartel running things, you know, people are dying all the time, but, and so Tilda sees it as, you know, like, Oh my goodness, I got to get out of here. But Mojin sees it as this opportunity, like, Oh man, like I'm, I could I could rule this place like I have the means to rule this this place that like you may see it as terrible but if it's mine maybe it ain't so terrible to me you know mm-hmm. so um so that that's something I really wanted to get across that um this whole time we're hearing about this um place in this negative light but then you meet Mojin and then you see that he there's he's he's having a ball like it doesn't even occur to him that anybody could think of this place as something negative Right. Especially since it could be his, you know? So I, I really like that, that push and pull in that uncomfortable space where they don't even see eye to eye. They're not even looking at the world in the same way. You know, it's, it's like they have, you know, two different set of facts or something on. Right. On right. Like I thought that so moment hit, hit really hard. Um, actually when I was reading, because it's, it, it's interesting to me because it's a thing that they're so diametrically, opposed on without ever realizing it you know at least until yeah. like until it's spelled out i don't know it's like making a a really good friend or like a, a in-law or relative or something and then you're like oh you're like you support like the opposite political party and like right and like yeah. suddenly you realize like oh we're actually very very different in ways maybe we didn't expect um yeah no i thought it hit really hard and it made the story uh it makes their relationship i think um pretty compelling and pretty engaging which is which is great so all right Thanks so, so we're yeah, yeah. So this ongoing book, um, it's got the first trade. By the time this episode comes out, you should be able to check out the first trade of Tartarus Volume 1, which I think will collect the first five issues. Does that sound right? Yep. Yep. First five. Cool, cool. So the first uh, five are And out. the first issue was like a double size uh, issue. Yeah. Um, so, and then like issue five, we just we just got so amped that we, that was like 28 pages of story. Issue mm-hmm. four was like 26 pages of story. So, so it, our first five trade is actually kind of like six and a half, seven issues of, of comics. Yeah. yeah. It's more pages with the, yeah. with the first issue. Was that something that you just wanted to, you're like, I just want to hook people and, and we're just, as opposed to rolling that out issue one, issue two, cause it is like a tale of two, you know, of two stories. I, I actually think it works extremely well as one collected issue. Um, mm-hmm because it gives you the full picture of where the story's going. But was that, I guess, were you, did you waver on that decision or was that always kind of the direction you wanted to go? Yeah, we wanted to have that. Um, Cause you know, sometimes when you, when you read a first issue and you're just getting into it, into the story and you're out, right. You know, 20, 22 pages. Right. Um, so right off the top, we knew we wanted to, um, especially uh, direct market, single issues. Like a lot of times the first issue is the only issue someone gets. So we wanted to, take that opportunity and and really show our reader what where we're going what we intend you know have it actually like as a statement of intent um and but then also we thought it'd be really cool to utilize the themes of the story and have that uh and and for the series at large in that one issue like you said like it splits down the center past and present um like the first part of it starts on this like not just in a prison, like the worst prison on the worst planet, but under the worst prison on the worst planet <laughs> right. like that there is, and a jail, jailbreak in it in the past. And then we open up on this like 
you know, beautiful future, um, you know, uh, space station on the sun deck of the space station with soldiers on R and R, you know, like, so, uh, in the future. So you have this, both of those, those stories kind of set up right at the top. So it, it lets our reader know where we want to go, what we want, what we want to do. And, um, and luckily with image, like you, we have a lot of leeway. So we're able to tell the story exactly how we wanted to tell it. Um, yeah, it's just, it just like a wonderful, like I'm so proud that we we're able to do that and so glad that we got to do it our way without uh, any compromises. Nice, nice, that's awesome. What are your plans for the future of Tartarus? Uh, where do you want to see the series go? Okay, so uh, in the second arc, um, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, the great artist Andrew Cronkey join, join us uh, with uh, colorist Hillary Jenkins to, to um, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, by, by this point, hopefully uh, our, um, our listeners have checked out the first trade, uh, but I, I'm gonna, we're going to delve into uh, Circus Past, Isis Past, yeah. uh, and, and the, the things that led them to where we, you know, where we see them at certain points, you know, without a, hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but by this point, if, if you haven't read it yet, please read it and then come back. But, uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so, prayer. we don't spoil anything. Right. So we realized that, um, that Cirque and Hisa have returned uh, and they've returned on the same side. These like blood enemies who are out to destroy each other. And so we go back in time to the 17 years later uh, and previous to find out what exactly happened to, to cause such a drastic shift over those 17 years. So we're gonna, we're gonna have this like really epic tale of, of their journey together, you know, from blood enemies 17 years ago to where they end up, where we see them at the end of issue five. Uh, and then from there, you know, they're back in Tartarus, Tilda's there. And then like, what does all of that mean for, for our, our hero that we learned, that we discovered in the, um, that we got to know in the first arc and then all this stuff that we're going to be learning in the second arc. And that's going to push the third arc into this whole different like dimension. So, um, so, so I'm, I'm very much uh, hoping that, that we're able to, to go into a third arc and a, and a fourth. Um, but uh, that's without spoiling too much We're we're going to, all the pieces that I've laid out, me and Jack have laid out and that me and uh, Andrew are continuing to lay out in the second arc are going to start uh, coalescing in a way that I think is super interesting. And, and you'll start seeing a lot of um, uh, things come together and hopefully surprising um, and uh, exciting, but sensible uh, ways. Awesome. Awesome. No, it sounds cool. I, I definitely recommend people check out the work. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of your other work before I let you hop off. So Cremo is a book that came out this year, 2020 on Comixology Originals. And uh, it's a, a romance story with a, one of my favorite, I think, kind of like conceptual hooks in a while, which is uh, when the the female lead drinks too much coffee, she can see ghosts. <laughs> which was all, Like all the coffee stuff was just speaking to me so much as somebody who regularly uh, overdrinks to the point of, of jitters throughout the day. Amen. Um, I, yeah. I'm curious. How, do, how did you line up like a Comixology original 
book and what is different about that process versus what is the same? Because that's a little bit newer in terms of their own release thing that's going up on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, yeah. Um, so what I, uh, I was originally, I was working with a, an editor on, on, on some stuff and trying to kind of figure out something that we could collaborate on. We didn't ultimately collaborate on, uh, end up collaborating on this, but uh, she was very uh, keen on pitching Comixology. She's like, oh, you know, they're, they're doing a, an originals line, you know, just throw it, throw it their way, you know, see if they're, they're interested. And um, which I thought would, would be really cool because um, A, I've never worked with them before and B, like that digital space, I, I you know, is, is just so, like you said, it's so new. It's so, it's just interesting. You know, I want to, I want to play around there and see like what it's like and how the storytelling may be different for, pardon me, for the, for the needs of that, um, that, that way of consuming comics. And I don't know. So, so, uh, so she also recommended uh, working with Dante. So I reached out to Dante and I sent Dante uh, and knowing that Dante was in Brazil, I thought, Oh, this would be really cool. I could tell a story, you know, kind of based in Brazil, you know, which was, uh, has long been a place that, of, of interest for me. So um, I started thinking about stuff that, that comes out of Brazil, you know, and I just like had this whole list of, of cool things that come out of Brazil and, and, and coffee was one of them was like, was like the main one that I was like, Oh, this is, this is cool. It'd be cool to tell a story about coffee and, and ghosts. And we knew it was going to be a haunted romance, but um, so then I, I, I picked, I got that together and uh, I got a second idea together and I sent both of them over to Dante, introduced myself and uh, said, Hey, you know, would you like to work on here's, here's these ideas I want to, I have uh, an interest in, and Dante like immediate was like that one with uh crema, uh, yeah. which was like really, um, which, which is also like a really nice way to know that you're on the right track with the story. And sure. um, so after that, just kind of built up a nice little pitch for uh, Comixology. And I, and I, like, it's such a cool, fun, quirky story that I, like, I'm totally in love with, but like, you're not quite sure how it's going to resonate with other people. So we sent it their way and I just kind of didn't think, you know, much more about it after that. And Dante sent some really cool art that you, that you can see in the, um, at the, in the back matter of the book. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and luckily they, they, they went for it like right away and they thought it'd be cool. And, and, um, and, and I was very happy to hear them say, Oh, like we want it to be, cause I thought they were going to say like amplify the horror and stuff. And they're like, Oh, could you amplify the romance? And it was like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to do a romance comic. Uh, so knowing that they're on the right track as well, um, on the same path as me and Dante, uh, where our heads were at was just like perfect. So then after that, they, much like image, they didn't, they did not mess with us at all yeah. during the creation process. Like we sent them the pitch. They said, this is good. Go forth. And then we did. And then at the end we delivered it and they were like, looks good. And and that was that, you know? So nice. it was a, yeah, a wonderful process. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we worked with them on that and uh, look forward to working with them on something else in the future. Nice, nice, very cool. Yeah, people like uh, like romance stories, uh, especially if, if you're specifically a haunted romance fan. This this is a book you have to check out. <laughs> but <laughs> romance in general, specifically uh, LGBTQIA plus, uh, this is definitely a good one to check out this year. I read it uh, recently, prepping for this interview, and uh, it's a nice book. It's a it's a good looking book too. Dante did some great work on that. So Thanks. all right, 
let's uh so we got some good work for for people to check out tartarus crema um your other stuff i do have to ask too so you did the the art for uh angel catbird with margaret atwood obviously kind of a, a titan of literary figures what was it like working on a comic with with margaret atwood was that kind of a surreal experience <laughs> I would ask, uh, I think. yeah very much a surreal experience I, I got this email like saying hey you know uh you know margaret wants a margaret's thinking about doing a comic book she's looking around for artists or whatever uh you want to throw your you know throw your sample in i was like yeah sure whatever you know so <laughs> much like the comicology <laughs> thing i just kind of i threw a sample in i was like okay i'm never gonna hear from uh from these folks again and then like very quickly uh, i was like yep margaret likes your work uh you know do you want to get together and kind of kind of flesh this out and it's like what is this really happening so um so yeah then, so we we got to work on the on the series and and she was like such a wonderful collaborator, a very open collaborator, just like very, um, like, I, you, you never know when you start working with someone, like how their style is in terms of uh, collaboration, especially with someone with a, um, you know, a track record and a history of like awesome stories and, and, and a novelist. So she, you know, goes it alone most right, of the time right. that, that Margaret has, you know, so. I wasn't sure if she was just going to dictate and I was just going to just draw, but it really was a collaboration, you know, like she had strong ideas about what she wanted to do and where she wanted to go. So I wanted to, to kind of help her realize that, but any point in time where I thought, Oh, you know, maybe we could do this or maybe we could do that. Um, and I would like hand, hand that into her. She was always like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's do it. You know, it, it wasn't, it was, it was super easy collaboration and it was just a, a really wonderful time um very, working with her cool. on it yeah nice nice good to hear all right before i let you go final question uh what are some comics or creators going right now that you don't think enough people are talking about what uh what recommendations do you have for the listeners hmm, hmm. well uh <laughs> i would say uh the the one i'm gonna say is 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 it's too late it's done it's a done deal but um out of outer darkness uh yeah that john layman and afu chan were working on yeah. that was one of the best comics i think i have ever read uh and i can't believe that it's been canceled after two volumes uh i think it was like 10 12 issues or something yeah uh, they, yeah a lot they of did. people were pretty bummed to see that go yeah uh, so it's, quickly. it's insane it was such quality like it's it's amazing um uh i would say i just ordered a a book by uh, GP. He, he has a new book that's out. Uh, very well known uh, in Europe, but here in North America, maybe less so, or maybe maybe more so than I'm aware. Uh, he has a new book out, so uh, I hope everybody runs and checks that out. Um, there's a uh, there's a, a wonderful cartoonist whose name I'm going to butcher, so I'm not going to try. But he has a new book out uh, called uh, The Magic Fish that's coming out with uh, Penguin Random House. Yeah, I used to go by the handle Trungles on um, on Twitter. Uh, please check check that out when it comes yeah. out. Um, let me see who else. I'm I, I'm I'm going blank. I'm slowly going blank. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Chris Brenner. I'm a huge fan of anything he draws. Uh, uh, known for uh, loose ends and you know uh, various uh, awesome work over at Marvel. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Those are good picks. Those yeah, are good picks. yeah, I got, good, I got good, the magic fit pulled up here 
um, on uh, on my Amazon. I got to add this to my wish list so I can check this one out. This comes out this comes out soon. So, all right, definitely we'll be giving that a look. Uh, before again, before I finalize here, is there anything else that you want to plug uh, of your own? Uh, well, uh, by the time this drops, Tartarus uh, Trade will be out. So please, please run out and get that, and uh, and then uh, catch up to us on uh, Tartarus number six, which will be out on October twenty eighth. And you'll see uh, what I'm talking about with Andrew and um, Hillary, what they're doing on the art. Like, I'm telling you, you will not regret this. This is this is awesome stuff, Dave. I'm going to send you a, a PDF of this. Like, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. the, I'm I'm so amped because I like the 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 letters came in on it, and I just I can't believe it. I can't believe how fortunate I am like to nice. be working with with talent like this. It's insane. So uh, so that's coming out October 28. Um, uh number um issue number seven i think is november 25th if i'm not mistaken um so uh so so get those cremas out um the uh the works that i'm working on uh, over at harper alley um for for middle grade readers are the first of those will be coming out in 2022 so um that's that's a ways ways off but if you have a uh, young readers in your life uh you know middle school age readers um i'm gonna have like really fun stuff coming coming their way uh pretty soon too cool cool that's awesome all right we'll be looking for all that work thanks johnny so much for joining uh this has been a blast and uh yeah and thanks for hopping on and sharing the time thanks so much dave